Welcome to this week's Rashi Shir, brought to you from the Bet Midrash of Mizrahi in Melbourne, Australia. So, good evening and welcome back to the Rashi Shir after a little break for Yom Tov. Um, to those listening on the podcast, I must apologize. There was a Shir between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, but we didn't, I, well, I didn't record it, so it's lost in the midst of time. Um, maybe one day we'll recreate it. But meanwhile, we commence on Perachet Pasuk Hay. We will actually review a little bit in the past, so those who missed the last year will catch up a little bit. Uh, while we're here, um, we're now back in the post-Chag season. Uh, this is the time of Mashiv Aruch and Marid Hagashem. You blow away the Ruchnius and the Gashmius descends, but we will keep on learning to avoid that fate. Um, good line, that, isn't it? And we will be having a Shia every week, except in two weeks' time, when I'm away, Mitz Hashem, I'm in Israel for the weekend. Long story. But then I'm back and we'll carry on until whenever we break for the summer. Um, so this week and next week, yes, then a break, then we're back on. And I have sheets to help the people here um, with what we're learning tonight, which is the chronology of the flood and Rashi's comments thereon. If you're listening on the podcast and you want to follow on the sheet, then go to bit.ly, B-I-T L-Y forward slash Rashi hyphen flood. And there you will find the sheet in question. But all it does actually is just get together the relevant pasukim and the relevant Rashi's that deal with this topic. So we're building up to Rashi on Perichet Pasat Hay. But in order to understand this quite long and seemingly complex Rashi, we have to know a bit more about the chronology of the flood. So that is why you can go through the bazookim in the Chumash, or for convenience, you can go through the bazookim on this sheet. And the first pasuk of relevance is Bereshit Zion Pasuk Yud Aleph, which talks about when the flood began. And it says there, on the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month. The water, the, the deep was opened, etc. That's when the flood started. And Rashi says there, in number two on the sheet, what was the second month? Rabbi Yeshua Omer Ze'iyar. There is a machloket which is discussed in Gemara Rosh Hashanah between Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yeshua about when the world was created and when various other things happened. Did they happen in Tishri? Did they happen in Nisan? And we've spoken before about how Nisan and Tishri represent, as it were, two poles around which Jewish history revolves. Tishri is universal, Nisan is particular. But anyway, if it's the second month, Rabbi Yezer says the first month refers to Tishri, and the second month, therefore, is Marcheshva. And Rabbi Yeshua says the second month is Iyar because he holds the first month is Nisan. Although Rashi brings two opinions at this stage, he basically drops Rabbi Yeshua in line with the Gemara, who says that when it comes to the flood, we follow Rabbi Eliezer. Although Rabbi Yeshua does come back in right at the very end. But let's stick to Rabbi Eliezer, who says the flood started in the second month, sorry, the seventh month, which he calls Marcheshvan. I'm sorry, the second month, second month after Tishri, which he calls Marcheshvan, and it's on the 17th day. Then in the third quote on the page, Perak Zion, Pasuk Yud Bet, Vayhi Hageshim al Haaretz, Arbe im Yom, Arbe im Laila. 
So the flood started on the 17th of Marcheshvan, and there was 40 days of rain. And Rashi there on Yudbet says, in quote number four, Arbim Yom, and he says, uh, I'll go through this quickly, we have done it before, Ein Yom Rishom in Aminyan, you don't count the first day, Lefisha Ein Laila Imo, because it's, uh, it doesn't have the night before. Because we can see it happened during the day, and the Jewish day, the complete Jewish day, is a night followed by a day. So if you take 40 days, and you don't include the first day, so you have 40 days plus the first day, and you started on the 17th of Cheshvan, you now get to the 28th of Kislev. Then it says in number five, Perig Zion, Posik Yud Zion, so the flood was for 40 days, and then the waters multiplied, and they lifted up the Teva, and it was lifted above the earth. Uh, we'll come back to that and exactly what we learn from that Pasuk later. But 40 days, then the, then the, the, flood, the uh, Teva was lifted up. Number six, Perak Zion, Pasuk Kaftalat. So then there was 150 days, it wasn't raining, and the waters were strong on the earth. Then we get to number seven, which is Perak Chet Pasat Gimel, where it says, The waters went away continually from the earth. And the waters diminished, which Rashi says in number eight means at the end of 150. They began to decrease. And that is the first of Sivan. And then he says, how so? Well, if the waters, the 40 days finished on the 28th of Kislev, he now confusingly counts from the 27th of Kislev. That's an interesting question, but we won't deal with it now. He says, on the 27th of Kislev, Pasku Hagashamim, the rain stopped. And then, to get to 150, Hare Gimel Mikislev, because Rashi's way of counting is not as easy as ours, he breaks it down. The 150 consists of the last three days of Kislev, Ukavtet Mitevet, 29 days of Tevet, and then Shavat and Adar and Nisan and Ia. Each one of those has either 29 or 30. So all four is um, hmm, 59 times 2 is 118. And then the 29 and the 3, that makes 150. And then in Perak Chet, Pasak Dalet, V'tanach ha-teva v'chodesh ha-shevi b'shiva asaryom l'chodesh al harayararat. The teva rested in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, on the mountains of Ararat. Now, what is that? What is the seventh month? And now it gets interesting. I mean, it's been interesting up to now, I hope. But now we get to the crux of where we're going. Because Rashi, on Perakhet Pasuk Dalet, number 10 on the sheet, says, Bachodesh Hashavi, Sivan. Sivan? How is Sivan the seventh month? I'll tell you why Sivan is the seventh month. That's the seventh month after Kislev when the rain stopped. So we know that the rain stopped in Kislev because that's 40 days after 
the 17th of Cheshvan. Again, it started on the 17th of Cheshvan. It rained for 40 days. It stopped on the 28th of Kislev. So now, says Rashi, if you want to understand, Perichet Pasuk Dalet, which says the Teva rested after the, on the seventh month, you have to understand that means the seventh month from when the rain stopped. If the rain stopped in Kislev, the seventh month is Sivan. Everyone happy? You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be completely happy at this point. Why shouldn't you be completely happy? Because why does he say it's the seventh month from when the rain stopped? He could have said it's the seventh month from, I don't know, when Noah started building the table, or the seventh month from when Noah finished building the table, or the seventh month from this, that, the other, or the seventh month from Nisan, or the seventh month from Tishri, which is normally what seventh month means everywhere in the Tanakh. But here he says it's the seventh month from when the rain stopped. And now we get to a new Pasuk, which we haven't covered before in this year, Perak Chet Pasuk Hey, number 11 on the sheet. Vahamayim hayu holech vachasor ad hachodesh ha'asiri. And the, the waters was going continually, in other words, it was going down, until the 10th month, ba'asiri, in the 10th, be'echad lachodesh, on the first of the month, niru roshe ha'harim. The heads of the mountains were seen. Now, by the way, in the last year, um, Rashi talked about the rate at which the water was going down. And he proved it's one Amr in four days because it was 15 Amr in 60 days. And that's a little bit part of the story, but we're not going to recall that because we don't need to for our purposes. What we have in Perichet, Pasuk He, is that the waters stopped and the, so the waters decreased until the heads of the mountains were seen, the tops of the mountains became exposed again. When? On the first day of the 10th month. So before you look at Rashi, what do you want to know? Uh, when does it begin? When does what begin? The, the counting. Of the exactly. Tenth month from what? Now, before, if, had we not seen the previous Rashi, we'd have been quite happy to say the tenth month from Tishri, according to Rabbi Eliezer, or the tenth month from Nisan, according to Rabbi Yeshua. Maybe it's the tenth month from when the, waters, from the, when the rain stopped, because Rashi introduced that in the previous Pasuk, a new way of counting. But that's not what he says. So we start the Rashi, on which we're going to now work. It's in paragraph 12 on the sheet. It's Rashi on Perichet Pasuk Hay, And it says like this. Ba'asiri, niru Rashi Heharim. On the 10th month, the heads of the mountains were seen. Zeh av shahu asiri lemacheshvan shehitchil hageshem. It's the 10th month from Cheshvan when the rain began. So as we saw at the beginning, the rain began in the second month, which Rabbi Yezah says is Cheshvan. And now the Torah says that the waters receded and the mountains appeared in the 10th month. And Rashi says that is the 10th month from Ma Cheshvan. Anyone confused? There used to be a, a comedy program in, on television a long, long, long time ago. And the strap line it said every, at the beginning of every uh, episode was... Confused? You soon will be. So maybe you are, or maybe you're not. The point is, Rashi has used three different counting systems to explain the second month, the seventh month, and the tenth month. The water, the rain started in the second month, which is the second month after Tishri. And Tishri is when the year starts. The 
the, uh, the Teva rested in the seventh month, which is the Sivan, because it's the seventh month after when the rain stopped. And the mountains appeared in the tenth month, which is Av, because it's the tenth month after Marcheshvan when the rain began. And the Ramban takes Rashi to task and he says, what's going on here? How can you have three different counting systems? So Rashi is going to explain why he has three different counting systems. By the way, Rashi, as always, is not speaking in a, in a vacuum. Rashi is taking these comments from the Midrash. The Midrash counts the way Rashi counts. And he explains as follows in number 13. So continuing the Rashi. The Im Tomar Hu Elul. And if you were to say, surely the 10th month is Elul. The Asiri Le Kislev Shepesak HaGeshem. And why would you say it's Elul? Because it's the 10th month after Kislev when the rain stopped. Why would you say that? Rashi suggests that as an, what you might think. Why would you think that? Exactly, because in the very previous Pasuk, we're talking, to, it's not so clear on the sheet, but in the Chumash it's probably clear. We're talking the very next Pasuk. In Pasuk Dalet, the seventh month was said in reference to when the rain stopped. So Rashi says, you might suggest that the tenth month in Pasuk Hay should be using the same counting system. So he says, and he obviously understands, the very fact he puts it right at the beginning, front and centre there, he obviously understands it's a strong question. And he says, the answer, uh, oh, sorry, Kashem uh, to, to explain the question, Kashem Omer, just as you say, you, actually he, Rashi said, Bachodesh Hashavi, Sivan, Hafsaka, as he said in the previous verse, that when he refers to the seventh month, when the ark, the Teva, rested, that must be Sivan, seventh month from when the rain stopped. So you might want to say, you might want to say that just as the seventh month is counted from the rain stopped, so the tenth month should be. There should be consistency between Pasuk Dalad and Pasuk A. And Rashi, I think, is sympathetic to that point of view. And he says, and in paragraph 14 on the sheet, he says effectively, Malasot, what can I do? Because his words are, E-Efshar Lomar Kane. And this is crucial. It's as if Rashi is saying it's a very good idea to have consistent counting frames, but it's impossible to do so. It's impossible. Al-Korcha, you're forced to say, Shavi'i, the seventh month in Pasuk Dalad, I'ata hafsaka. You can only count from the time the rain stopped, which was Kislev. Because the 40 days of rain, followed by the 150 days of the strong water, wouldn't have stopped until the first of Sivan. In other words, when did the rain start? There's no dispute about that. Well, there is, but we're, we're, there is in the Gemara, but we're pushing that one side. Uh, there's no confusion in Rashi about that. The rain started on the 17th of Cheshvan. The rain lasted for how long? Who's with me? 40. 40 days. Followed by how long before the rain, before the waters went away? 150 days. 150 plus 40 is? 190. So if you count 190 days from the 17th of Cheshvan, you get to the 1st of Sivan. So you can't count, you can't say the rain stopped 
after seven months because that would be too early. Sorry, seven months after the um, beginning of the rain, that would be too early. So he says here, The 40 days of rain and the 150 days of when the rain was strong, well, the water was strong, finished on the 1st of Sivan. If you counted seven months from the, the, the time when the rain started, you won't get to Sivan. So the counting of the seventh month when the um, Teva rested, which must be after 40 days and after 150 days, and maybe after some more, can't be counting from our Cheshvan. It must be counting from the next possible date along, which is Kislev, when the rain stopped. But what about our Pasuk, where it says the 10th month? In the 10th month, the mountains were seen. So in paragraph 15, he says... But the 10th month, we can only count from when the water, when the rain began, which was Cheshva. Because if you wanted to push it later and say, just as we counted the seventh month from when the rain stopped in Kislev, let's count the time the mountains appeared, the 10th month, also from Kislev, and that will take you to Elo. If you wanted to be, have that degree of consistency, let's count them both from when the rain stopped, then that means the mountains appeared 10 months after Kislev, and that would be in Elo. E ata motza. You won't be able to find the following. And at this point, I want you to turn over the page, and pause for a minute. And let's just quickly go through the other key points of the chapter. What happened next? After the mountaintops appeared on the first day of the 10th month, whenever that was. So after that point, Pasuk Vav, we're, we're continuing in Perachet in the Chumash, uh, and we're in number 16 on the sheet. It was 40 days after that. So 40 days after the mountains appeared on the first of the 10th month. Open the window. And he sent the raven. Now, it doesn't at this point say how long he waited between opening the window and sending the raven. But he sent the raven. And the raven sort of flew around. Until the water was dried up. And then it says in Pasachet, And he sent the dove. From him, to see if the water had dried up. And then it says in Pasuk Yud, He waited another seven days. And then he sent the, the, um, the, another dove. He sent the dove again. And the fact, as Rashi says, as we will see, the fact he says he waited another seven days before sending the dove a second time, that tells you he waited seven days before sending the dove the first time. And then we assume, uh, and Rashi talks about this, that he waited seven days before sending the raven, which means you've got 40 days, the, the uh, mountains appeared, then 40 days, then 21 days. Seven days before the raven, seven days before the first dove, seven days before the second sending of the dove. And then you get to Pasuk Yud Gimel, where it says, 
ויהי באחת ושש מאות שנה, בראשון באחד לחודש. On the first, uh, in the first month, on the first of the month, חרבו המים מעל הארץ, the water was dried up, ויסר נוח את מכסי הטבע, and נוח removed the covering of the טבע. And Rashi says there, ברישון, the first month, which month is that? רבי ליעזר, הוא תשרי, רבי ישוע, הוא ניסן. That's where Rabbi Yeshua reappears, but just to avoid some confusion, we'll keep him out of the picture for a while. Rabbi Yezah says it's Nisan. So if you work backwards, you've got 21 days of births, you've got 40 days of waiting. How far back does that get you? And Rashi says, back to uh, our Rashi we were learning, in paragraph 15 on the sheet. Uh, we'll go back to the, we'll go back to the beginning of paragraph 15. The tenth month, you must count, taking up a double negative, you must count from the beginning of the rain, which was Macheshvan, which gets you to Av. Because if you wanted to count it like we did with the seventh month, from the time when the rain stopped in Kislev, ten months after that is Elul, you'll have a problem. You won't find that at the end of the process, you won't find that the, after all what's happening next, you'll get to the first month. Why? Because at the end of the 40 days when the heads of the mountains were seen, he sent the raven. And he waited 21 days in the sending of the dove. We'll, we'll see how that fits as well later. And that makes 60. I make it 61, but 60 is close enough. 60 days from when the mountains were seen. Until the Torah says the waters were dried. And when did that finish up? In Nisan. Sorry, it finished up on. The, I'm sorry, it finished up on the first of the, on the first month. I'm sorry, I kept saying El and Nissan. That's confusing. Um, Rebbeleza says it's Tishri. It finished up after another sixty days. We got to Tishri, and if we had counted the ten months from the stopping of the rain, which was Kislev, the tenth month would be Elo. Sixty days after that, where would that take you to? If you say the, the mountains were seen in Elo, then 60 days after Elo, two months, would be Cheshvan. So again, to sum up what Rashi is saying here, the Torah in Pasuk He says the tops of the mountains were seen in the 10th month. Rashi says, look, I've got a choice. I could say 10th month from when the rain stopped, like I did in the previous Pasuk. That takes you to Elul. Or I can say 10 months when the rain started, that takes you to Av. The problem is, after the, the mountains were seen, 60 days later, we get to something called the first month. So if we'd waited 10 months from Kislev and we'd got to Elul plus two months, that would take you to Marcheshvan. Is Marcheshvan called the first month? No. But... If we'd wait, if we'd taken the 10 months from Cheshvam, which takes you to Av, then you wait two more months, that takes you to Tishri. Is Tishri called the first month? Yes, it is. 
And that's why the 10th month from Cheshvan works, but 10th month from Kislev simply doesn't work. As he says here, um, it would work out that the land dried up in Cheshvan, and then the Torah is calling it Rishon first, and the only month which is called first is Tishri, which is the first of the creation of the world. And Rabbi Yeshua would say the first month is Nisan, but nobody would say it is Mar Cheshvan. So, bottom line, Rashi says, I know it's a problem. He clearly is sensitive to this, that the two ways of counting, the seventh month in Pasuk Dalet and the tenth month in Pasuk Hay, are on a different basis. But Rashi says, I must count the tenth month from the time the rain stopped, not from the time the rain began, because that would not give enough time for the 40 days and the 150. And then Rashi says, I must count the ten months in which the tops of the mountains were seen, because looking ahead, there's two months to go after that until you get to something called the first month. And that can only be Tishri, and that's why I have to count the tenth month being the tenth month from Malcheshvan. That is Rashi's explanation of Rashi, why he has to bring in, copying Chazal, three different counting systems. Yes? Sort of a different question on that, though. Why does Rashi even mention Rabbi, um, Rabbi Yeshua's, like that Hayes court mentions um, uh, Nisan, when he obviously counts Alpi um, Rabbi Eliezer? Um, your question is, why did he mention Rabbi Yeshua when he obviously counts by Rabbi Eliezer? Um, I would phrase the question slightly differently, and I'm not sure I've really got an answer. Um, he doesn't ignore Rabbi Yeshua. He brings him in the beginning in Zion Yudbet. Yes, I'm sorry, in, in Zion Yudalaf. And he brings him in at the very end yes. of Chet Hay. But he's not counting him at all over the whole course of it. I, I think he hasn't forgotten him. But I think, and I told you that the Gemara actually says, you might remember the Gemara here, we learned the second Rosh Hashanah in this very room only a little while ago. Um, the Gemara actually says that we paskan by Rebbe Yezer when it comes to counting the Mabul. But Rabbi Yezer, this Machlok at Rebbe Yezer is not concluded. It, 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 it's, if you look in the, in the Gemara, it sort of stays as two valid opinions. Uh, and I think we might have mentioned that in Tishri we say in our davening, Hayom Harat Olam, today is the beginning of the world, uh, following Rebbe Yezer. But when it counts to... Um, doing Birchat HaChama once every 28 years when the sun returns to its spot where it was in the moment of creation, uh, based on Gemara's calculations, we base that in Tishri. So there are elements where we use both. We do not really decide between the two. So I think that's why Rashi pays some sort of heedance to Rabbi Yeshua. But uh, maybe this is uh, not the right thing to say, but I think Rabbi Rashi does not bring Rabbi Yeshua at each stage because it would be too confusing. And all the numbers will work for Rabbi Yeshua if you just subtract six months. But Rashi doesn't spell that out because I think it's confusing enough as he does without <laughs> having to bring in at every stage. But the fact that he brings in Rabbi Yeshua at the beginning and at the end seems to me that he's not ignoring him. He's just, if you like, simplifying the situation. Okay? What I'd like to see now is the Maharal. Because the Maharal's got something really clever to say. Um, and we, Maharal's got something to say on, in paragraph 20, 21, and 22. I recommend you have a look at it, but we're not going to, to, to read it out tonight. We're going to go straight to number 23, where he brings the Kasha of the Ramban. And he says, 
ומה שהקשה הרמב״ן, איך יהיה סובל זה לושן הכתוב? Regarding the question of the Ramban, how can the wording of the Pasuk bear this explanation? When it says the second month, that's when the rain stopped, that is Sheni Ladin. Now, Rashid actually doesn't use those words, I think, but what he means is it's the second after the Tishri. What happens in Tishri? The world is judged, and a month after the judging, there comes the punishment. So Cheshvan is when the month is when the rain starts. That's called the second month. And that's the second month after Tishri when the world is judged. That's fine. Got one counting system. But then, Ubachodesh Hashavi in Pasuk Dalat, Yehiel Cheshvan Hafsakat Hageshem. As we've discussed, Rashi says that is counted from something different, not from Tishri, but from Kislev when the rain stopped. Ubachodesh Hasiri. And the tenth month, Pasukeno, our Pasuk that we're dealing with right now, is calculated from the coming of the rain, the falling of the rain in Cheshvan. Not like the way the second month was calculated, which was from Tishri. And not like the way the seventh month was calculated, which was from Kislev. And then at the end of the story, and the first month, on the first of the month, the waters were dried up. Then he goes back to the first style of counting, Rishon Ladin. He calls that Tishri, according to Rabbi Eliezer, which is the first month based on when the world is judged in Tishri. That's the Ramban. And the Ramban has a long, long discussion. Um, he... he analyzes Rashi quite carefully. He brings in the bit about the speed at which the water was uh, receding, which Rashi talks about. He doesn't like that either. And he rejects Rashi. And for your information, he brings two alternative pshatim of his own, which do maintain a consistent count for the second month and the seventh month and the tenth month. But he has to compromise in other areas. I mean, as we saw, Rashi says, I, Rashi, am forced to say what I have to say. So there isn't an easy solution. The Ramban solution, number one, is to say that the 40 days are included in the 150. So it's not 40 plus 150, which means you have to fit in 190 days, which was Rashi's problem. But rather, it's only 150 days. So that actually solves, it means you can count the seventh month from Tishri rather than from Kislev. Uh, then he gives another solution, an alternative solution to that one, where he says basically the Teva... Um, rested at the... Now, he combines the last two, I think. He, I, I'll have to go back and check. It's very long and complicated. He combines the Teva resting with the mountains being seen. He says that took place at the same time. Um, and then he calculates around from that. Um, anyway, that's the Ramban's question, and I've just mentioned the Ramban's answer. Says the Maharal, as he usually does, at the end of line, uh, paragraph 23, Ze lo kasha midi. This is not a question at all. For those who've heard me talk about the Mara before, why will he say this is not a question at all? Why will he defend Rashi? Because he always does. Because Rashi is quoting Chazal. He's quoting the Midrash, as I said at the beginning. The Mara will always, always defend the words of Chazal. And when Rashi deviates from them, he'll tell Rashi off. When people like the Ramban or the Ibn Ezra go in a different derech completely from Chazal, he will tell them off in no uncertain terms. But look what he does here. 
Okay, just remember, we've got three types of counting. See if anyone's been following what I've said. <laughs> when did the flood start? Which month? Second, second month, which is? Keshvan. We'll stick to Rabbi Yezer. And that's because it's the second from? Tishri. And by the way, what happens in Tishri? Din. Okay. When did... Yes, we've got a table of months up there. Thank you. When did... Perhaps we can actually tidy that up because I will just stay there forever. You know. When did the Teva rest, according to Rashi? Seventh month, that's what the Chumash says. And Rashi counts that as the seventh month from? The rain stopped. And that rain stopped in Kislev, so seven months later is Sivan. When did the mountains appear? Tenth month. Which Rashi says is which month? Yeah, it's from the start of the rain, and it is the month of Av. Av. Thank you very much. Uh, okay, those are the three separate countings. Says the Maharal, paragraph 24. Ki Cheshbon Sheini, the second month when the rain started, Ra'ui Limnot Ladin. It's appropriate that it's counted from the time of Din, of judgment. Shukach Perushakatuv. Because it makes sense for the the Pasuk says, Kibachodesh Hasheni, Shenigza Alehem Hadin. It's the second month after the din has been judged on them. Horid Hakadishbarhu Hamabul Alehem. That's when the Hashem brought the flood on them. Vura'ui Limnot Ladin. And when you're talking about the start of the flood, it's appropriate to count it in reference to when the judgment was made. Because after all, the coming of the flood, the start of the rain, is the fulfillment of the decree that was made in the first month. So when you say the rain started in the second month, that's the second month after the judgment. Now, I didn't number the next paragraph, although if you download it from the website, you'll find it are numbered. But the next paragraph says, V'chodesh hashvi the seventh month, which we counted from the end of the rain, it's fitting to count from the stopping of the rain. Because that Pasuk, Pasuk Dalet, is talking about when the Teva came to rest. When did it start to move? It started to move when the rain stopped. Shekein Katov, because that's what it says in Perak Zion, Pasuk Yud Zion. If you look back at quote number five, and I mentioned this and I said it's going to be significant, it said, The rain was for 40 days, and the waters grew, and they lifted up the Teva. So the Maharal learns, but that Pasuk says, after the 40 days of rain, that's when the Teva lifted up. And then the Teva floated around. And now this Pasuk, Pasuk Dala, tells you about when the Teva stopped floating. So when's an appropriate time to count the seventh month from? From when it started floating. When, from when it moved to when it stopped moving, that was seven months. So that seven months began when it started moving which was when the rain stopped, because that's what it said in Pasuk Yud Zion. And that's what the Maharal says here. Shekein Katav, because it says in Perak Zion, Pasuk Yud Zion, the Yirbu Hamayim, and the waters rose, and he doesn't finish the Pasuk, what he means is, and he lifted up the Teva, as it's written there, 
V'ketav l'cha, and now it says to you, B'chodesh ha-shevi chazra ha-teva l'nuach. After seven months, the situation returned to where it was at the moment the rain stopped. Namely, ha-teva, chazra ha-teva l'nuach. The teva returned to rest. V'lafichah mona ha-katuv l'hasakat ha-gashamim. And therefore, it's appropriate that the Pasuk counts the seventh month from when the rain stopped. Again, the seventh month count leads us to when the Teva settled. So the Maharal says it's very appropriate to count it from the moment the Teva started to move. And that was when the rain stopped. Exactly when Rashi says we start the counting of the seventh month. So if you're still with me, what's left? Thank you. The tenth month. Now, let's remember, the tenth month, uh, at the end of the tenth month, is what happens? The mountains are seen. And it's the tenth month from when? From the start of the rain. So now look at the last paragraph of the Maharal. Ha'amnon the Kaman, and indeed below, which is our Pasuk in Pasuk He, Shahu Mone Shenire Roshe Haharim, it counts when the heads of the mountains were seen. It's when the, mount, the earth was, began to be revealed after it had been covered. So it's appropriate to count the tenth months from the time when it started to be covered. Because we're now talking about the ending of the water covering. And that is ten months from when the water began to cover it. And that's from the time the rain came onto the earth. Now, says the Maharal, everything fits. But I have to say, even now I'm learning this Maharal again and I'm seeing more brilliance in it. The way the, Gemara, way the Torah put it with Rashi, until we got to the Rashi and Perak, hey, Pasuk Hay, sorry, where he defends himself, it seemed a bit of a jumble. When Rashi speaks, Rashi defends himself, and it's still a bit of a jumble, but it's like the only way we can manage. That's how Rashi approached it. As I say, I think Rashi's apologizing. He said, look, I'd really like to be consistent, but I just can't because the dates don't fit. Where the Maharal says it, Maharal's not apologizing. He says it fits beautifully. The second month when the rain starts, that's the second month after the decree was given. The seventh month when the Teva rested is seven months after the Teva moved. So after seven months of the Teva floating about, the Teva stopped moving. And the tenth month when the mountains were uncovered is ten months from when they started to be covered. So after ten months of covering, from the moment the covering process started, Ten months later, it finished. So it's not like three different counts for the same thing. It's three different counts for three completely different things. It's the second month from the din. It's the seventh month from when the Tava started moving, the Tava stopped. It's ten months from when the mountains started to be covered, the mountains were uncovered. And that's why he says, and I think he's right, the hashta ati shapir hakol, everything turns out right which, as I say, is the Maharal's agenda to always show you how everything that Chazal said is basically perfect. doesn't mean everything Chazal said is to be taken literally. It's another topic, but I'll just mention it now. But everything Chazal said is of infinite worth and infinite precision. Okay. Sorry if that was um, complex, but uh, we're here to learn rushing, and we have to learn the hard ones. Any questions? No? Okay, let's move on.
What happened next? Well, we've actually already covered this briefly. Pasuk Vav. Vayihi miketz arbeim yom. And it was after 40 days. Vayiftach Noach et chalon hateva asher asa. Noah opened the window of the teva which he had made. So Rashi says a couple of things. First of all, very simply, from when the mountains were seen. In other words, what happened in the previous Pasuk? At the end of 40 days, when's that 40 days counted from? From what happened immediately before. Why does Rashi have to say that? Isn't it obvious? Well, I think, based on what we've done tonight, it's far from obvious. Because, as we've just said, I'm not going to go through it all again, Rashi's got three different counting systems of when you count things from. So when it says at the end of 40 days, the reader might say, well, is it 40 days from the beginning of the rain, from the end of the rain, 40 days from who knows when? So Rashi has to say, in the absence of any other force, uh, if we're not forced to say something else, it's 40 days from what just happened. So in Pasuk K, the mountains were revealed. So at the end of 40 days, Rashi has to help you just to make clear it's 40 days from when the mountains were revealed. It's not 40 days from any other time frame. And then he says on the words, Et hachalon hateva asher asa. La tsohar. To tsohar or for tsohar. What is sohar? Anyone remember a reference to sohar? Well, was it that gemstone? Let us have a look at Perak Vav Pasuk Tetzayan. Can everyone turn back to Perak Vav Pasuk Tetzayan? Hashem is telling Noah how to build the Teva. And he says in Pasuk Tetzav, you shall make it with these dimensions, 300 Amma by 50 Amma by 30 Amma. And then in Pasuk Tetzayan, he says, Tsohar ta'aseh teva. You shall make a tsohar for the teva. What is a tsohar? What does the word mean, by the way? An opening. No. Good guess. I mean, that might be the answer, but what does the word mean? Anyone? What? Light, shining. Oh, what's the plural of tsohar? Or the jewel, to be precise. Saharayim. What happens at Saharayim? Noon. What happens at noon? The sun shines. Okay, there is a brand of toothpaste called Sohar um, because it makes your teeth shine, I think. Or maybe that's with a Zion. Maybe I'm imagining that, Zohar. <laughs> anyway, so Sohar is something to do with shining. It's not clear what the word means. It doesn't occur very often in Scripture. Rashi brings two explanations. I'm still in Perak Vav Pasuk Ted Zion. says, Rashi, Yeshomrim Chalon, the Yeshomrim Even Tova Hameira Lahem. Some say it was a window and it shone because light came through the window. And some say it was a precious stone which gave light for them. Some type of, I don't know, maybe it was radioactive, which probably was not a good idea to be cooped up with it for a year. But maybe it was some miraculous stone that gave off its own light. There's an interesting idea there that the question is, did the light come from outside? Did the light come from inside? You can also say that the Teva represented the universe and the Tsoha represented the sun and all sorts of interesting things. But the point I want to make is Rashi brings two opinions there and he doesn't decide between them. Now, what does Rashi say here? So it says that he opened the window. Et halon ha-teva asher asa. Says Rashi, 
le tsohar, as tsohar, or for tsohar. So what's, the, what's Rashi doing, and why is it a problem? He's sure which one it means. Exactly. Apparently, he's sure which one it means. And what does he mean? Window. The window. Remember, Perik Vav, Pasuk Tetzayin, two possibilities. Window or precious stone. Here, he says explicitly, the window is what he made, let's Sohar. And then he goes on to say, Now, when was he told to make a petach? Same place. Perik Vav, Pasuk uh, Tetzayin. We didn't finish the Pasuk. But if we had, we would have seen, it says... Uh, last words of Tetzayin, Upetach HaTeva Betzidatasim, you shall put an entrance to the Teva at the side. So Rashi wants to make clear this is a window, it's not the Petach. Okay, that's fine. But what about the problem that Rashi in Tetzayin uh, had two possibilities and now he's narrowed it to one? So there's basically two approaches that you can take. There may be more, but it's basically two. One is to say what seems to be obvious that Rashi is deciding like one opinion here. I don't think he does it very often, but I don't think this is the only case either, where in one place he will give two, maybe more, Purushim, and in another place, on the same word, he'll only give one. Um, Some commentators are quite happy with this. Rashi selects Midrashim where they fit the Pasuk. In the previous version, in Perik Val Pasuk Tetzayan, two Pshatim fitted. Here, only one fits. Because here, the Torah is explicitly talking about a window. And as I say, the Mizrahi is very happy to say that. Others are quite happy to say that. They, they're sort of forced to say it because it seems to be so bolate, seems to be so outstanding that Rashi is doing that. It's still problematic. And, and I think students of Rashi should be com- uncomfortable with that. Because after all, what he said there really should fit with what is written here. And here it says it's a window. And if it's narrowed down to one possibility here, really, Rashi should be consistent over there. So the alternative, which personally I prefer, is um, the Divri David, the Taz, and I think some others, who say that actually this Pasuk should be read completely differently. Tells you that he made an additional window. It's not what he was commanded to do it's something extra. And that is implied, according to this way of thinking, by the words, Asher Asa, which he had made. Why are those words possibly redundant? Because where else did the Teva come from? What part of the Teva had he not made? He'd made every part of the Teva. So he opened a window, he did this, that, the other, he opened a door, he did whatever. Obviously, it's part of something that he had made. So according to the Taz, why does the Torah stress at this point he opened the window which he had made? Because he'd made it in addition to what he was commanded to do. So back there in Perit Vav, he made the Tevah exactly as Hashem commanded. And now the Pasuk is telling us he'd made an extra window. Hachalon asher asa. And that's what Rashi says. You know why he made it? He made it, the for extra light. So that's, it, it, it is not the majority opinion. It's the minority opinion. But I want to share it with you because I, I rather like it to uh, maintain the integrity of Rashi. 
that it's not talking about the Tzohar that was there in Perak Valpasik Tetzayim, to which Rashi said, it's either a window or a precious stone. It's talking about something else. That problem with what I've just tried to explain is a little bit difficult by the word Tzohar, because we said Tzohar is a rare word. And when you read it here, if you don't think back to that Pasuk, well, well, you probably should. So if Rashi's talking about a completely different window, it's a little bit odd that he would describe it as Letzohar, which is precisely the word that we use to describe the thing back there, which was one of two possibilities. Okay, next Pasuk. Yes? Really quickly, um, the assumption that when I read that Rashi says like the B-O-B-A-T-R, Yes, I'm sorry, I didn't really talk about the last bit. It, it's not the, the entrance which was used for coming and going. Yeah, yeah? as in, was there a coming and going within the table? I uh, think that's what I was trying to say, that people, I don't know, things were coming and going, or is that just... I don't know. Well, um, there was a coming and there will be a going. There was a coming when they all came into the Teva, and there will be a going when they went out to the Teva. Um, there was a suggestion, Rashi didn't say explicitly... But it's quite a good way of learning because the, the, the problem of chronology at the beginning of the table, they seem to go in and then they go in again. So somebody wants to say that what Rashi means is for a week they were going in and out, like getting supplies in. But I don't think you necessarily have to say that. There certainly was a coming and there will be a going. And that's the petach. And Rashi wants to make clear that it's not, that's not the petach being talked about here. OK, we've just got time for your question. Just, <laughs> just on the window Hold on, sorry. Wouldn't it, if the Tzohar, the original Tzohar, was a window, like doesn't even this, if this was an additional window, doesn't that peg that as our window language? Well, it should Tzohar be. Tzohar couldn't be a window because. So that again, if if back there, it was a window. Yeah. No, sorry. Or can't we learn out from here being? <laughs> can't we learn out from here being chalon that earlier is not a chalon? Why? How does that work? Because we would have, if, if Chalon is always a window. We would have called it a Chalon then. Yeah. Ah, so if the Torah is a Chalon and it's called a Chalon here, why wasn't it called a Chalon there? And the fact it's a different word means it's a different thing, basically. Can I sum up what you're trying yeah, to say? Yeah. There it talks about a Tzohar. Here it talks about a Chalon, which yeah. implies it's a different thing. I think that's a good question, but that doesn't, Rashi doesn't seem to, at least the way most people read Rashi, he doesn't seem to go with that. So I'll just leave that as a good question. Okay, I think we've just got time to do Pasuk Zion. Um, maybe we haven't. Well, the first part of Pasuk Zion. Vaishalach et ha'orev. He sent the raven. Vayetzei, and it went. Yatsu v'shuv. Which is going and returning. Ad yoveshet Yevoshet, uh, sorry, Hamayim me'al ha'aretz, until the water was dried from the earth. So there's a few bits in this Rashi. We're not going to do them all tonight, but we'll try and do the first one, which is a little bit weird. Yatsu v'shuv, holech umakif sivivot ha'teva. It went and encircled around the teva. Velo halach v'shlichuto, and it didn't go on its mission. Now, before we read further, let's just see how Rashi understands that. Because the problem is Yatsah Vashuv. What that really means is going and returning, which implies that the, the raven went out and came back and went out and came back and went out and came back. And that can't make sense, because why would it keep doing that? Noah has sent it away. 
So therefore, Rashi explains the Yotzov Shuv doesn't mean goes and comes back, but goes around. Um, mathematically, if you go around, you're always going towards the Teva, but you never actually get to it. So you're going and you're returning, but you never actually get to it. So Rashi understands the words going and returning as not meaning entering into the Teva, going out the Teva, entering into the Teva, going out the Teva, because that doesn't make sense. So what does it mean? So Rashi explains it as circulating. circulating. Why did it circulate? Why didn't it go on its mission? So Rashi explains, Shahaya Choshdol, it suspected him, Al Bat Zugo, about its other half, its partner. Kamosha Shanino Ba'agadat Chelek, as we find in the Agadah in Perak Chelek, which is the 10th and final Perak of Sanhedrin. And Rashi abbreviates the story in the Gemara. And the Gemara says, that the raven said to Noah, um, I can find you the exact words, Shema um, atod maybe you need my wife. In other words, he was accusing Noah of having rather bad and inappropriate designs on Mrs. Raven. Amar lo, Noah said to him, Russia, you wicked one, but mutar li ne'esarali, the relations which are permitted to me are currently forbidden to me, as Rashi has said three different times, that sexual relations didn't take place in the Teva. So that's what Noah means in the Gemara, where he says, what's normally permitted to me is currently forbidden to me, but necessarily what's forbidden to me, i.e. relations with a bird, lokolshikein, how much more so? Now, it's important to stress when you think about this rather weird and somewhat repugnant idea the Torah, neither Torah nor Rashi nor Midrash is saying that that's what Noah thought of doing or that's what Noah could do. Obviously, it's impossible. But what it is saying is that's what the raven thought Noah was going to do. So it's all in the minds of the raven. And the raven um, had this idea, and that explains why the raven didn't go far away. Um, and we'll just mention that Noah calls the raven a Russia. Why does Noah call the raven a Russia? Well, We've heard, as I say, Rashi mentions it three times, and he also mentions by respect to the animals that relations were not permitted on the Teva. So it seems from the story that there was one species that didn't follow the rule. Because if the raven is suspecting Noah of having designs on the raven's wife, then presumably the raven assumed that this is what was going on in the Teva, and that's presumably because that's what the raven was doing with its wife in the Teva. I know it's all ridiculously anthropomorphic and very hard to understand and a little bit uncomfortable to even get your head around the very idea. But that's what the Midrash says to explain why the raven didn't go anywhere. Now, interestingly, the, the Pasuk here doesn't say what Noah's plan was. It says it in relation to the Yona, which is coming next to the dove. And we extrapolate backwards. But it's obvious that Noah sent the raven for a purpose. And it wasn't to just circulate around the Teva. It was to go somewhere. And it's obvious that the raven didn't go anywhere. So Rashi has to quote a Midrash, which explains why the raven didn't go anywhere. But as I say, the Midrash in its slightly longer version from the Gemara puts the raven itself in a rather bad light. And next week we will contrast that with the Yona, who seems to have a totally different character. We will take your question, but I will try... Uh, oh, Mara is starting in one minute. So we've just got time. Um, when Rashi talks about how there was no relations on the Teva, was that only in regards to Bnei Adam? Or was that no, Rashi says it was the animals as well. Okay, and that's why the raven seems to be an exception. Okay.
Thank you. Thank you.